Good morning. It is nine minutes now past seven o'clock on a Sunday morning. My name is Susie Jones and with us as always, Dr. David Hilden of Hennepin Healthcare. Good morning, David. Good morning, Susie. Happy Halloween. Oh my goodness. I just heard Bruce mention that. Not Bruce. What am I thinking? Al. Al I was thinking. Bruce Zagovic. Boy, I'm a little tired, huh? (laughs) No. Anyway, that uh, 30 years since the Halloween blizzard, hey? I remember that thing. I remember trying to get my dog out. And, you know, I don't know if you have a dog, but, you know, my yellow lab at the time, you know, shoveling all the way up to your waist trying to get the dog out. Just because <laughs> I remember it like it was yesterday. People are people are saying, like, why are you all, all of you who were here for that Halloween blizzard still talking about it? Because it was a big, big snowfall, people. It was unbelievable. <laughs> and I think it was really surprising. I don't, I, mean, I don't know that anybody called that one, right? I mean, right. and it was like it kept coming and coming. And, like, I remember running over to my mom's in the middle of it, and it was just like noticing. It's like, oh, man, that's really It was unbelievable. Well, you gonna, are, are you doing anything tonight for Halloween? Maybe no. I'm watching the Vikings. That's what I want to well, do. Well, I, I am think. too, sure. Um, no, I am going to just stay home and give candy to the kids. I watched The Exorcist last night. Oh, good grief! With a bunch of gals, and I swear, <laughs> we some of some of the women there had their face cut, you know, hands over their eyes. You know, the thing is, it was so long. Nineteen seventy-three, that movie was made, right? Mm-hmm. And. It's still just as scary. I know it is. You know, and her head spinning around. Ah. And Here's the thing about The Exorcist. I, you know, I didn't. I didn't see it at the time. I, I at the when it first came out. I remember it being so terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. But here's a little uh, trivia about The Exorcist for me. The stairs that the priest falls down are yeah. in Georgetown in Washington, D.C., yeah. right by where my father-in-law used to live. He used to live in Georgetown, right along the Potomac there. And those stairs are actually there. And so I, I remember seeing the movie and then some years later walking up and down those stairs. And <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, hold on to the railing. <laughs> oh, gosh, Exactly. So uh, we certainly have digressed from the topic of the day, which is health. <laughs> but I will say it's an open phones day, so that's a great opportunity for people that are having questions about anything, really. Is that sort of wide open and talk about what you uh, want to? Absolutely. You send your uh, texts or call us. You can call us right now, send in your text lines, and whatever's on your mind. I don't think I can talk about exercising no. demons no. from you, but no. but I can tell you about the stairs in Georgetown. But we'll right. take whatever's on your mind. And, you know, falls. You can talk about falling, like, in the winter. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, it's 651-461-9226. And that number, just by the way, will also get you either a phone call or a text. And I have our text line open as well. Six five one four six one nine two two six, and again, this is an open phone uh, day, so that's really great because you can actually do ask whatever you'd like. Um, interesting news, though. We'll we'll get to some text right away here, but uh, Lieutenant Governor Peggy Flanagan announcing that she's got COVID. So, I imagine she was vaccinated, which kind of in, again indicates that maybe it was a breakthrough case, and maybe it was mm-hmm. an important note to, for all of us to go ahead and get those boosters if, if we're able right away as soon as we can. Exactly. So the, the lieutenant governor did announce that she has a really mild illness and, and her child is only um, eight years old and so was unable to get vaccinated. But um, the, the, there's something like 1.4% of people, I think it's 1.4 this week, 
of who got vaccinated are, are getting breakthrough infections. That is an exceptionally low number. It's just that with millions and millions of people vaccinated, they do get breakthrough cases are not only um, not surprising, we fully expected them. We fully expected them. So it's not, it's not shocking at all. The, the issue that is, is just crystal clear, though, however, is that you're far less likely to get COVID if you got vaccinated, far less likely. But if you do get one of these breakthrough cases, you're far less likely to end up in the hospital or dying. Uh, it is still true that you are orders of magnitude more likely to have a serious illness if you're an unvaccinated person who gets COVID. So I, uh, I've met the lieutenant governor. She is an absolute wonderful person and leader. And so uh, our thoughts are with her. I'm sure she's going to get better. And I agree with what she has said that um, can't wait for children to get the vaccine when it's available. And it is available uh, this coming week now because it's been approved. And just on that note, just before we take our first break here, we do want to encourage people to get vaccinated. And there is a place to do that right at Hennepin Healthcare, correct? Absolutely. Go to hennepinhealthcare.org slash COVID vaccine. You can get your flu shot at the same time. I got my flu shot now as well, so I'm fully ready to go for the winter. It's hennepinhealthcare.org slash COVID, va- COVID vaccine. 651 We've got a couple of text questions already. Uh, one about arthritis um, and a couple more about the vaccine and the booster. So jump in if you have a question. We're here to take your calls and texts. It is 7.15 on Healthy Matters on this Sunday morning. And we're back with Healthy Matters on a Sunday morning. My name is Susie Jones. Dr. David Hilden is with us. As always, Hennepin Healthcare doctor, host of Healthy Matters, and all-around good guy. Got a texter asking, Dr. Hilton, I had a J&J shot over seven months ago. Has its effectiveness worn off a lot since? I think that's a very good question because I think a lot of us wonder, when. what's the timeline for getting a booster? Right. And I think so regardless of which shot you got, the protection will likely wane over time. Um, and and that's what we're finding with the vaccines, although it doesn't drop off as much as you might think. So the fact that you got a shot, even the J&J one or one of the other two, seven months ago, you're still quite protected. In fact, there's many in the medical community that think that that protection's pretty good. I mean, good enough almost. It's just that we don't have longer periods of time than that, and it is likely that it's waned a little bit. So we are recommending for people to get a booster. If you don't choose to, though, the booster isn't as, as strong a recommendation as we were giving to get the first one. That first one is so effective of all three of the vaccines that if that's all you chose to do, you've made a good decision for yourself and your family. If you're not getting any shots, any of the COVID shots, I would question. Uh, you might want to rethink that um, about how uh, if you're really protecting yourself and your family. But if you got one, you should feel okay about that. As for the booster, after six months have elapsed for any of them, and you're and you want the most protection you can have, I do recommend you get another va- a booster vaccine. Six five one four six one nine two two six is the number to call if you would like to text us, or you can also call us with your question. And on that happy note, we have Peggy on our news line today. Peggy is calling from Bloomington. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. I'm fine. I have a question about my 
father-in-law. He's 95 years old. He had his COVID booster shot last Tuesday, a few days ago, and we have him scheduled to get his seasonal flu shot this coming Tuesday. Is that too soon? No, Peggy, you're making a great decision. Best you could decision you could make for him is to get the flu shot. We uh, And it's not too close. We are even telling people you can do it at the same sitting. You can do one in one arm and one in the other arm. And the main reason for doing it in different arms is just to give your arm a break because these shots act right away in your arm. That's where they work. And so you, some people, many people actually get sore arms. So it is not too soon to get the flu shot. In fact, you're doing him the best safety thing you can do is to go ahead and get it. A week apart's fine. Two weeks apart is fine. Same day is even fine to get them both. All right, Dr. Hilden, we're going to jump to a different topic for just a second. We've been obviously have a lot of COVID questions and vaccine and booster questions. But this person writes, does anything help arthritis? Oh, yeah. Now, the arthritis is a big topic because there are so many causes of it. Mm-hmm. The two biggest categories are, do you have degenerative arthritis, which is sort of the wear and tear on your joints. Its medical name is osteoarthritis. That's the kind where people have pain when they use um, their hands or their feet or their knees. Your joints hurt, and it gets worse when you work, when you use them more. That arthritis is sort of like the wear and tear on your brake pads on your car. It's They're just wearing down. Things that help that kind of arthritis are you can take Tylenol or or Advil or something, but that isn't maybe something you want to do forever. And so uh, it has been shown to help physical therapy and things sometimes help that. And if you need to, if you have arthritis of your knees or hips, you get those hips replaced. The other kind of arthritis is are, are the inflammatory arthritis um, problems like rheumatoid arthritis and lupus and psoriatic. And these kinds of arthritis, your joints actually get a little bit better when you use them, not worse. You wake up with stiff joints because of inflammation and fluid, and when you work it out by using your hands and feet and all of your other joints, it actually gets better. There are great treatments for those. Those are chronic diseases, but there are many good treatments for those inflammatory arthritis. The plural of arthritis is arthritides. I'm not saying it because people are thinking it's dorky, but if you have one of those arthritides, uh, your doctor can help prescribe something for those inflammatory kind. Getting a lot of text, a lot of calls still on the line, 651-461-9226. If you have a question for Dr. Hilden, let's go to Bonnie. She is calling next from St. Paul. Bonnie, you're on with Dr. Hilden. Good morning. Good morning. Go ahead. Um, Yeah, I am not able to uh, breathe out of one of my nostrils. I can breathe out of another... uh, the other nostril, but not out of one, and I'm wondering what the cause of that would be, and should I see a specialist or my primary doctor? Bonnie's it been going on a long time, or is it new? It's it's been quite a few months. Yes, it doesn't bother me any bit at all, but it just it's been uh, it's just kind of weird. Well, thank you for calling, Bonnie. Anything that's been going on a few months that is clearly weird like that, I would see somebody. You can start with your primary care doctor and they can look in there and see if you have polyps or if you just have chronic inflammation. 
none of those those are benign conditions that are treatable. They can maybe offer you some nasal sprays that might help. But even more importantly, they could send you to a specialist like my colleague Megan McCoy, who was on last week, to see if you have if you need a little closer look to look at your sinuses, to look more deeply in your nasal cavity to see if there's something more serious. So you could try some nasal irrigations, either either with like a one of those nasal irrigation systems like we talked about last week, a neti pot system, a, a syringe that you that you spray warm water up there. But I really would I would see somebody now. Start with your primary uh, doctor and then if that if you don't get anywhere with that, you can go to an ENT, ear nose throat person and I, I do recommend you do that. Six five one four six one nine two two six is the text line and the phone line. So if you have a question, you can go ahead and call us. Also, you can use that same number to text us. A texter writes this morning, Dr. Hilden, my husband is undergoing chemotherapy and is immunocompromised. His oncologist recommended a COVID booster, which he got, but we are wondering if his suppressed immune system will effectively accept the vaccine. Will it give his system the boost it needs? Question mark. Yeah, that's a common question for people who are immunocompromised, which your husband is because he's on chemotherapy for leukemia. The booster is his best chance for being protected. The, um, it won't hurt him. The question to get the booster, in fact, it is, um, I would strongly recommend you have him get it. Though the, I think the concern, which is a legit concern, is that it isn't going to help as much because his, your, the, the, the vaccines require your body's immune system to do something. When they get the shot, the shot just sits there. Your body has to do something uh, and, and mount a, a, an immune response. It's like your body's bunch of, of soldiers. Your immune system's like a bunch of soldiers, and they're, they're sleeping in the barracks. And when that shot goes in your arm, they need to get up and, and, and go to muster and call to arms. And if you, if you have a, a compromised immune system, your soldiers are just sleeping in the barracks. And so uh, it is better than nothing. And, and so the more protection that your, your husband's uh, body can do, the better. So I, I do strongly recommend the booster shot uh, for your husband and anybody who's immune compromised. I have several doctor friends with immune compromising conditions, and they all got the booster. This is from a texter. Should a healthy 11-year-old boy get the COVID vaccine as soon as possible? Or wait until he turns 12 on December 21st and get the larger dose. I hadn't thought about that. That's interesting. That is interesting. Um, I don't think it's going to matter too much. Mm. That's the first thing because children's immune systems are so strong and it works so well and it is so safe in children. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would probably go ahead and get it right away. That would be my recommendation because uh, unless your son is just a really big person, I I mean, their kids are different sizes at age 11. If If he was like me, which was I was I didn't look like a body well I don't look like a bodybuilder now and I certainly <laughs> sure you, <do. laughs> you know I certainly didn't when I was eleven if he's a kind of a, a smaller uh, of statue uh, young man uh, then you could probably go ahead right now and get it on the other hand if he's playing linebacker for the middle school uh, uh, football team and he's a big kind of bigger stockier guy he might want the bigger one and so you could wait until he turns twelve everything I've just said is my speculation. I do have to say that I always like to say when I'm speaking more of a medical expert and when I'm just sort of speculating because you have a right to know uh, when I'm just giving you my opinion. And that's my opinion. There's not a ton of data on whether you ought to wait when you're approaching your 12th birthday or should you get it now. 
So uh, that's those are my thoughts on that. All right. Well, we appreciate the text. We appreciate the calls. And uh, we have a number of people asking questions about um, the booster shots as well and getting a shingle shot at the same time as a booster shot. I mean, is it is it possible to get too many vaccines at the same time? Do you just kind of do a number on yourself if you're getting the flu, a shingles, and a booster? Or is it okay? It's it's okay to do all those. Uh, the one, the, the, I would prioritize your shots by what's most a threat to you. Certainly COVID's the biggest threat to you and your well-being. So get that no matter what. Get your COVID right. vaccine. Flu, you can get shortly thereafter at the same time. Shingles is a longer-term threat. And, and just so your body is, you're not just laid up on the couch um, for many days, you might wait a little bit to get, the, wait a few weeks before you get your shingle shot. So it is just about time for us to take a break, Dr. Hilton. We're going to come back, though, after a quick break, and we'll get to Bill, who is waiting on the phone from Deep Haven. So we'll do that after this on News Talk 830 WCCO. It is Healthy Matters on a Sunday morning. Good morning. It is Healthy Matters on a Sunday morning. Dr. David Hilden, Hennepin Healthcare doctor and all-around good guy. That's what I like to say when I introduce him. All-around good guy, always available. We'll talk about pretty much any medical question you have and we have calls and texts coming in at 651-461-9226 let's go to bill who's been waiting for just a bit from deep haven good morning bill uh good morning um i'm 78 years old and i get these blotches especially on my hand the back of my hand and some on my arm and i've heard that it's like broken blood vessels under the skin and I was wondering if there's anything that can be done about it and what might cause that. And... All right. Thank you, Bill, for your call. They're very common, um, skin changes as we, um, as we age a little bit. Most of them are benign and don't need to have anything done with them. I can't say exactly what yours are, but there are spots that many people call like age spots. There are medical terms for these things. Sometimes they are little venous um, uh, breaks of the blood vessels, as you said. In that case, they're usually a little more red. Sometimes they are more just changes in the skin itself, not the blood vessels. And these are things like seborrhea, keratosis, uh, and and moles. And the name for a mole is a nevus. So moles and nevi and things like that all of which are benign, but some of them can be more dangerous in the, in the way of a skin cancer. And so I do recommend you have someone look at them. A dermatologist or even your primary doctor can take a look at them. If they are changing or they're large or they are funny colors, lots of different colors in the same lesion, or they have really irregular borders, those are generally more concerning things for something like melanoma. So if you have anything that's new and changing and nasty looking, I would have that looked at to make sure it's not one of the more serious things. Everything else I've mentioned is not serious and generally does not require treatment, but your dermatologist can help you with that as well. All right. This texture writes, I recently was put on prednisone for inflamed arthritis in my knee, which we were just talking about arthritis. I have had, I've heard that it should be a temporary drug. I've been on it almost three weeks now. How long should a person be on 
prednisone. And uh, she or he it, writes, uh, I'll keep listening. It is true that prednisone has a lot of side effects if you're on it for a long period of time. So we do like to use a, the smallest dose possible for the shortest period of time possible. What does it do? Why is it bad? It's, it's a huge anti-inflammatory. If you think ibuprofen, like Advil, that's an anti-inflammatory. Prednisone takes that to the next level. It is a huge, strong, potent anti-inflammatory. So it works. It cures what ails you. If you but have an inflammatory it condition, hurt other parts of your body. But it, it has a lot. It does. It can thin your skin. It can it can be hard on your bones. It can make you a little goofy in the head. Even Uh-oh. it can be an appetite suppressant. If you use it for long term, the things we worried about is your bone health. You can harm your bones and your skin and all kinds of things. And so you do. But I know people have on it every single day of their life for 20 years um, oh. at a, for, for some things. So I don't know what your doctor has you on it for. If it's a, some type of inflammatory arthritis that, you're, that you have and you're going to need for a long period of time, it's time for your doctor to start looking for some of the alternatives because there are things that are safer to use in the long term. You're okay at three weeks. But again, I probably wouldn't be on it for a great long time unless you have to be. And you also shouldn't stop prednisone suddenly. Mm. If you've been on it for three weeks, your adrenal glands, little doohickeys that sit on top of each kidney, your <laughs> adrenal glands are the, are the organ that puts out your own cortisol and your own steroids. And if you are on prednisone, your adrenal glands just kind of stop. And if you stop taking that prednisone abruptly, your, your adrenal glands won't have had time to kick in yet. And so that's getting complicated, but don't stop it abruptly. Talk to your doctor first. Joanne is next in Golden Valley. Uh, again, your calls are welcome here at 651-461-9226. Good morning, Joanne. Yeah, good morning. Your question today? Well, I'm just wondering, you know, anything to do for some relief. I've been diagnosed with a breakage in my hip, my right hip. And this has just had, I had symptoms in the last couple of weeks. And just in the last couple of days, you know, they, they did a, 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 a well, the the scan or what, what I'm, I'm just not thinking this morning what, right. what it was. But it showed, it showed that there's a small break and I'm in terrible pain. Did they tell you, Joanne, that you needed a surgery? Not recommending surgery. Ah. Well, here's the thing. Um, it's probably a small crack or something, and, and they probably told you how much weight you can bear on it. I would do whatever they say on that. If they say don't bear weight on it, don't. If they say it's okay to, all right. But in terms of the, um, you probably should be seeing a physical therapist, maybe an occupational therapist as well, but certainly a physical therapist. And then ask your doctor for some pain medications. It is okay for people to take pain medications when you break something. And, and sometimes we try to tough it out, but you know, give, you give your body a, 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 little, a, break, a little relief here. It's okay to take some pain medicines if you have a broken bone. So if you don't have any, start with Tylenol, maybe take an Advil or two, but call your doctor and say, I need something stronger. There are things they can do to help you. Uh, another texture writes in about arthritis, uh, talking about inflammation and arthritis. I was finally desperate and cut all sugar out of my diet. I was shocked at the immediacy of my relief. So no more sugar for me. Um, my hands are fine and wrists are fine and shoulders are fine. How important is diet to arthritis and other inflammatory illnesses? You know, I don't know the direct connection there, but I, I believe this texter, this listener, 
we all eat too much sugar. Well, most of us eat too much sugar. And when I say sugar, I'm not just talking about a sugar bowl that you put your, or a few cubes in your coffee. I'm talking about the sugars that's in the foods we eat. High fructose corn syrup that's in um, pop. Uh, the sweetened beverages are a huge problem, huge right. problem. And the other simple sweetened things we eat. And I'm, I'm saying that on Halloween when I'm about to down about 35 fun, <laughs> fun size almond joys I know it, right? <laughs> and Snickers bars. But, but in general, cutting out yeah. sugar is good for your, good for your um, whole body. Certainly limiting it, right, to, Limited. to those yeah, special yeah. occasions. Yeah, All right, exactly. we have uh, Dick calling from South St. Paul with a question for you. Good morning, Dick. You're on the air with Dr. Hilden. Good morning. Uh, I was at the pharmacy the other day and for a pneumonia shot. They said, wait a month or so because there's a new one coming out. Is that true? And what's the difference between the two? Huh. Well, um, I'm not aware of something coming out next month, um, but uh, it could be. I'm just not aware. The the pneumonia shots are really good. Uh, the ones we have, there's two of them. You need them a year apart. One of them has 23 strains in it. The other has 13 strains in it, and they're all different. So pneumonia is still exceptionally common, and you can really reduce your risk of getting pneumonia if you're an adult over age 65 or if you have other medical conditions. I'm not aware of what that one is, Dick. I would tell you if I did, and I just don't know. I, I would just go ahead and get it. The ones we have are amazing. They're really good. 651-461, that's the number to text or call if you have a question for Dr. David Hilden of Healthy Matters, Hennepin Healthcare. Uh, we are taking your calls about a variety of topics we've gotten to today, Dr. Hilden. Arthritis, prednisone various spots on your hands. I mean, we've got a wide berth of conversations as well as conversations about the virus, the pandemic. And a person does write in just a short bit ago, how safe is it to eat in restaurants? I know it's kind of across the board. I was at a wonderful restaurant yesterday, and I don't mind saying the name because it's absolutely wonderful restaurant. It's new. It's called Hazelwood on uh, Excelsior Boulevard. And it was packed yesterday at lunch, just packed. So I think it's it varies when it term when it comes to people's um, comfort level in going out to places like restaurants or movie theaters. I agree, Susie. I really do. Uh, I am going to restaurants. I'm sitting outside where I can. I know it's getting cold, but I am starting to go inside, and that's a big deal because as people who know me, I'm the last one because uh, I see the consequences of COVID, and I wouldn't wish it on anybody. So, but I here's what I think. I think you can you can start to go to restaurants and you can do it, but just do things to make it make it a little safer. If you are unvaccinated, you are playing Russian roulette. I'm sorry, I just can't say it any more bluntly. If you're unvaccinated, I would not. Plain and simple, full stop. If you are vaccinated and the restaurant has at least pretty decent airflow and the ceilings are high, or uh, you know, and, and the tables are at least sort of far apart. That's probably safer than being packed shoulder to shoulder at a crowded bar where people are standing right next to each other and they're shouting and music is playing loudly. So, but if you're going to a a, a restaurant and sitting at your table and it's a relatively not raucous affair, you know what I mean when I say raucous. I, I, you can imagine loud sports bars where people are yelling and shouting at the TV screens and they're sitting all crammed together um, tightly, that's a little bit more risky. But I, I think it's okay 
to go to restaurants if you're vaccinated and have a nice dinner with your family or your friends. And it's probably not going to change much where we are now in the next six months or maybe six years. And so whatever you're comfortable with now might be the way it is. So I have started going back to restaurants. Six years you just threw in there. Six. No, I know. I know, Susan. (laughs) I just don't know where we're going to be years from now. It's going to be with us for a long time, for our lifetimes. This is going to be. It's going to be some decades before we can even get to where polio is, which is gone from our country. And so what, it's not that we're going to be all masking and, and worried about everything uh, six years from now, but it is still going to be around. And I think we're getting to a point of, of much safer uh, public things we can do. So, so I think it's okay to start doing that. But, but you have to have – it's all about risk management. It's sort of like being a financial planner. There's no right or wrong answer. It's what's your tolerance for risk. And uh, what's your tolerance for your family's risk? And so I think restaurants are probably, they're probably okay in many, many situations. And I know the Guthrie is open again, and one of our textures writes, what about the Guthrie? You know, is it okay? Cause probably yes, it definitely is, and yeah. I've been. I've yeah, been. I was good, at Orchestra good, Hall good. last night, and oh, I've wonderful. been to the Guthrie. I've done those things, but there's a difference. The Guthrie requires you to be vaccinated or to have a negative test. The Orchestra Hall requires that as well, and they require masks 100% of the time. If you're doing that, go for it. Um, I'm at the Orchestra Hall with 1,000 people yesterday, last night, listening to unbelievable. 100% of the time. If you're doing that, go for it. Um, I'm at the orchestra hall with a thousand people yesterday, last night, listening to unbelievably life-changingly good music. Thank you, musicians of the Minnesota Orchestra. It, it's so it's so therapeutic for me to go there, I can't even tell you. But every single person in that room, all thousand of us, either had a vaccine or a negative test, and all thousand of us had our masks on. So there's a way to do this safely. Perfect. Guthrie's the same way. Thank you to the Guthrie as well. And, you know, I keep getting these texts. We're going to take a break for weather. Right now we're going to take a quick break at 745. But just in general, like someone writes hockey games, I would imagine the same holds true, at least in terms of wearing that mask. I mean, whether or not you actually have to go to a show your vaccination card or not, it's it's the mask that may help you go to some of those things, correct? Yeah, sports venues, I do have to say, and I love them. I love them all. They're a little bit more dangerous. If I were unvaccinated at a wild game, oh, boy. That would be dangerous, I believe. Um, uh, and, and, and it's people yelling, they're screaming, they're, um, as they should be, because we have amazing football and hockey and basketball and baseball teams, they should, and soccer. You should be yelling and screaming. That's what you do. But people are drinking. They're in close proximity. You're spitting on the person in front of you as you're shouting. It's a little more dangerous. I would definitely, definitely be vaccinated before I went to any of those. All right, 651-461-9226. That is our text line, which is very busy this morning. Lots and lots of comments, 651-461-9226. And we do have some lines open as well if someone wants to jump in in the last 15 minutes of the show with a question. We'll put you on the air with Dr. Hilden, 651-461-9226. We're back right after this. Good Sunday morning to you. My name is Susie Jones, Dr. David Hilden of Hennepin Healthcare with us on Healthy Matters as we complete this Sunday show with about five minutes left to go. The text line, 651-461-9226. Also, that's the phone line. In our last segment, Dr. Hilden, anything people should know that's coming up? Where are we with sort of the big picture of the pandemic at this point? I think things are stabling or stabling, stabilizing a little bit. It's still too early to say, but things are 
uh, I'm optimistic or I'm hopeful maybe is a better word that we are going to see a slow decline in COVID cases. It seems to be this, this, we're in like our fourth surge now and it is not as bad as it was one year ago, but it's way worse than it needs to be. When 10, 20 Minnesotans are still dying every single day, that's ridiculous. And um, I worry a little bit about um, the winter months coming that will let down our guard a little bit. So I think that with children getting vaccinated, adults continuing to do kind of the safety measures that they can, I think we could be heading for a little better uh, time. And I do think that it is time to, well, it's past time. It is we are at the place when we start to figure out how to do our day-to-day normal lives, like going to sporting events and going to restaurants and just doing it as safely as possible. So I'm cautiously optimistic I'm hopeful that everyone gets their flu shot so we don't have to get flu, uh, have flu come back with a vengeance. But, and I hope that our kids get vaccinated, that parents will do that for their child's safety and get us back in schools. But I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic. A texture writes, I want to weep listening to Dr. David Hilden talking yet again about vaccines and masking. It didn't have to be this way. I never thought people in our country would be so selfish that a simple gesture of a shot and a mask would become an issue thanks to him and everyone working in the healthcare arena for getting us through this mess. Well, thank you for that text. It is it surprised most of us in healthcare a little bit. I wonder what would have happened if in the 1950s and when polio was around if the same situation had been, we'd probably still have polio to be honest. Um, but I get it that people are nervous. Things are new. But the, what's different now is that we have such quick access to bad information. There are – it is incredible what I see on social media and what I hear people say about COVID that is just false. It is just false. But that is – a certain number of, of people uh, agree with that. I can't believe that we're attacking the, the state health commissioner, Jan Malcolm. She is an amazing leader. And, and so we have to just stick to reliable – factual information. And um, and I think we can collectively get out of this. And the vast majority of people I know all want the same thing. Everybody wants what's what's good for your kids and your family. But I think that our, our polarized society has made this a little bit discouraging for healthcare workers. But I appreciate that texter. And I appreciate everybody who's who's uh, who's supporting healthcare workers because it, it has been a little rough time for us lately. I can just imagine how hard it's been for you guys. And there are still people out there, a texter, you know, wondering about how many people have died from getting the vaccine, because that is an, another piece of information that's out there about um, that being an, it being dangerous. Yeah. And I know that's as kind of a scare. Like tactic. nobody, yeah, like nobody. That's a scare tactic, you know. The vaccine is, you know, and it. Yeah. People say that we don't talk about the risks. Of course there's a risk. There's a risk for everything. Um, you can get a sore arm. You can get a little bit sick, but you're not going to die of the vaccine. You're going to die of COVID. It's just it, it, people talk about the adverse of effects of vaccines. Well, I I log into the CDC and talk. There's a vaccine self-reporting system. Everybody who gets a little fever reports it to the the CDC. That doesn't mean that the vaccine was bad. It just means you had an expected side effect. It is unbelievable who's dying of COVID, and it's the unvaccinated. All right. With that, it is coming up on 7.55, and we're nearing the end of the program. It's been a pleasure. And for people listening, how can they get more information from you? Check us out at hennepinhealthcare.org. That's an easy one. Follow me on Twitter, if you would, Dr. David Hilden, Dr. David Hilden. 
And uh, check us out at hennepinhealthcare.org. And if you want to, come back Sunday morning next week with your texts and your calls, and we'll get you right on the air. Have a great day, Dr. Hilton. It is 7.55 on Healthy Matters. Again, that email, healthy, hennepinhealthcare.org.